We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you our income report for the month of May 2020. So this is a little bit of an interesting income report because I haven't been working all week because one week ago, our baby girl, Indigo Mae Perkins, showed up and she showed up a little bit early. So of course, we are incredibly excited to have her with us now. And honestly, it's always nice when they show up a little bit early because you get to meet them sooner and you get to stop being pregnant and all of that. So I'm delighted to have her here. And we have just been spending this last week just snuggling with her constantly and really soaking up. Up that newborn goodness. If you have kids, I know you know what I'm talking about. But that doesn't mean that having her come early didn't come without a few challenges as well, because I was planning on working till the very end of May. But when Indigo showed up on Monday night of that last week of the month, that meant that I wasn't able to work for that entire last week, which meant that there were a lot of things that didn't get done. Thankfully, my team did an amazing job of taking care of everything that needed to get done. And we had made sure to get all the most important things done earlier in the month, just in case the baby did actually come early, just like she ended up doing. So it really wasn't too big of an issue aside from causing me a little bit of stress just because things weren't going exactly as planned. So that's pretty much all I'm going to say about the baby right now. Of course, if you want to see some pictures of her, then go head over to my Instagram at Gillian Z Perkins because I'm trying to not share too many pictures because I don't want it to turn into the baby feed. So there's not too many, but there's definitely a few cute ones there. Anyway, so let's get on into this income report. This income report will be a little different than some of the past income reports I've done. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while and you've heard the past income reports, you've probably noticed that my income reports are, I take a different format with them each month. And I do that intentionally because I don't want to just be reading off my profit and loss statement to you every month. I think that that would probably get a little bit boring just having me read to you numbers line item by line item. So instead, I try to highlight different aspects of what goes into making the money that we make, different aspects of specific big expenses, why we're working different amounts, and really just take a different tact every single time. Now, my goal here is just to bring a little bit of variety to these income reports so they're not boring, but also because there's simply so much more that I could say about each of these aspects of the income report that I can possibly fit into a single 30-minute episode. So my hope is that by having a different focus each month, it not only isn't boring, but we also get to cover more of these different aspects and go a little bit deeper, just going deeper in different ways, different months. Now, I would love to hear your feedback on this, though. If you would like the income reports to have more of a consistent format every month, we certainly could try doing that. So shoot me a DM on Instagram, again, at Gillian Z Perkins. I always love hearing your feedback on the podcast, and I would love to hear from you. So with that being said, what I'm going to do this month is I'm going to give you a really big picture as far as the income report itself goes, what the actual specific numbers are. We're not going to go line item by line item, hardly at all. 
because I want to focus on some other aspects. Specifically, I want to talk about this month in comparison to last month and also take a look at the last couple quarters and see what our revenue is doing over time. I'm also going to share with you a new hire that we made, who we brought onto the team, how much that's costing us and why we made that decision. And I'm going to be talking to you about considering those revenue numbers and how they've fluctuated over the past months, the entrepreneurial mindset that really goes into coping with the ups and downs that come from running your own business. Okay, so let's get into it and start out by skimming over this month's numbers. So first of all, we have our other income. And this is income that wasn't earned from product sales, but rather from things like advertising and affiliate revenue. So our total other income for the month of May was $13,000, which was very similar to the other income we saw in the month of April, where we earned $13,200. Now let's get into product sales. So these are actual products that we sold to customers. This is where the bulk of the revenue is is generated. And right now for the month of May, we're reporting $26,400 in product sales. Now, this number is a little bit lower than it probably actually is because typically a few dollars, and by a few dollars, I actually mean a couple thousand dollars of product sale revenue comes in after the end of the month, but is attributed to the previous month. So what I just mean by that is May is over right now, but there's a few dollars, a few thousand dollars that is probably sitting in our payment processes right now. It hasn't hit our bank accounts, but we did earn it in the month of May, and so it will be credited to the month of May. So $26,400 was a pretty good month for us, but when I compare that to the month of April, I feel a little bit discouraged because in April, we earned over $40,000 in product sales. Now, as soon as I started feeling discouraged about this, I had to remind myself that this was a bit silly because as I shared in April's income report that was released at the beginning of May, April was our best month ever in terms of gross revenue, and it was our best month ever in terms of profits as well. And so feeling discouraged because I fell short of our best month ever is a little bit silly, especially because I was fully prepared to not reach that same income level again, at least within the next few months here. We did a product launch in April, and there were a few other things that made our revenue be a lot higher than normal. And so there's no reason for me to expect to hit that revenue number again. And honestly, $26,400 is still a really good revenue number for us for product sales. And it brings our total gross profit to $39,400. Okay. Okay, so we're going to dive into this a little bit more and take a look at the last few quarters. But before we do that, I just wanted to mention real quick the term gross profit. A few times in the past when I've used this term, I have had people reach out to me um, or leave comments and say that I'm using the wrong term because this isn't profit. Profit is what you get after you subtract expenses. So I just wanted to explain this real quick so that you can be a little bit more knowledgeable about how to do your own business books. So the total amount of money that you bring in in your business, the total amount of money paid to you, that is called your gross revenue. When you take your gross revenue then, and then you subtract your costs, 
costs being the expenses that are directly related to the production and delivery of your product. So things like supplies that you use to make your product or the shipping costs that you have to spend in order to get your product into your customer's hand. Those are called costs. Once you subtract those costs, then you are left with something called gross profit. Then after you subtract all the other expenses, expenses that aren't directly related to the production and delivery of your product, then you're left with your net profit, which is commonly just referred to as your profit. Now, in my case, because I run a digital business and I sell digital products, we have essentially no costs. There are no expenses that are directly related to the volume of product that we sell or we deliver. If we sell 10 widgets, then we don't have lower expenses than if we sell 100 widgets. And so because of that, my gross profit is the same as my gross revenue. Now, these numbers are different than my net profit, which is that bottom line once I subtract all my expenses. But for me in my business, gross profit and gross revenue are the same thing. And so if you hear me say gross profit, you can think to yourself gross revenue or you can just think revenue. All of those numbers mean the same thing in my case. Okay, so with that little explanation over with, let's take a look at how these numbers have compared to the past few quarters. Because as soon as I started to feel a little bit discouraged about May's numbers, I wanted to give myself a little bit more context and see how May really compared to the past several months so that I could have a better, bigger picture perspective, and I could see if I really had a reason to be discouraged or if something needed to change, if things really were down, or if things were continuing to trend upward at a healthy rate. So here's what I did. I went back and I took a look at our average monthly gross revenue or gross profit for Q4 of 2019. So for October, November, December of 2019, how much did we earn on average per month? And what I found was that on average per month, we earned $30,500, okay? Well, that's significantly less on average per month than the $39,400 that I was feeling discouraged about this month. Then I looked at Q1 of 2020. So how much on average did we earn per month in Q1, January, February, March? And what I found was that we earned $35,000 on average in Q1. So two things. First of all, we're still above that 39,400 that we earned in May, still better than our average in Q1 of this year. And second, I see a nice trend here. In Q4 of 2019, we earned 30,500. Then in Q1 of 2020, we earned an average of 35,000 each month. And now at the end of May, we're obviously in Q2 of 2020. And so far for this month, we've earned an average of $47,000 gross revenue per month. Now, I expect that that number, that average number will come down a bit once we see June's income report as well. And it will probably be fairly similar to May, maybe even a little bit lower. But still, we are definitely trending up and so my feelings of discouragement are really unfounded. And so this is where I want to talk about how this relates to you and how you can use kind of the same principle or the same strategy to deal with the ups and downs that you experience in your business and especially how to emotionally deal with them. The main thing I want you to focus on is having context and seeing that big picture perspective. Yes, your income will fluctuate one month to the next. And yes, that can be hard to deal with both on an emotional level 
and in a practical level. How do you pay your bills when your income varies so much from month to month? Maybe one month you earn $10,000 and the next month you earn two. That's not that uncommon. So we need to have this bigger picture perspective, both for our emotional well-being, but also if we can take a bigger picture perspective and average things out in a really physical sense, then that can actually help us to manage our finances. So what I mean by that is we need to figure out how much we're earning on average per month. And then when we surpass that average, we need to sock away those extra funds so that we can live off of them if need be during the months where our income isn't as high. Now, how much you choose to save versus spend versus invest back into your business is really a very personal decision and something that you should definitely consult with a financial professional on in order to make the best decision for your specific situation. But the main thing that you'll want to think about here is, do you want to spend your average monthly income or do you want to spend perhaps significantly less than that? Now, when I first started my business, of course, it didn't make any money at all. That's the case with most small businesses, especially if they're not backed by any sort of venture capital, which mine certainly was not. So at first, I couldn't live off my business income at all, and so we were relying on other sources of income. Then as my business started to grow, of course, we came to that tipping point when I had to essentially quit my day job. I didn't actually have a day job, but my husband quit his day job, and I sold my local business so that I could go all in with my online business. And that's always an uncomfortable time when you do a shift from one income source to another. Just making those adjustments and finding that new normal can be difficult. But around that time, I would say that I was typically spending my average monthly income. And that meant that some months when my income was lower were difficult and other months we had more than we needed. Now, I wasn't as smart about this as I could have been. I wasn't averaging things out in this Way that I'm recommending here, but this is what I wish that I would have done. I wish that I would have looked at my average monthly income over the past six months and then paid myself a consistent monthly income that was a bit less than the average that I saw so that there would be money left over in the business to reinvest into the business and so that there would be that buffer so that I could still afford to pay myself that consistent amount even when the business hadn't actually brought in that full amount that month. Now to give you more context though, I wanna let you know that now that my business has grown, I pay myself far less than the average monthly profit that we bring in. And there's a few reasons for that. First of all, because I believe very strongly in investing back into my business very heavily. My business is one of my greatest personal assets. It's one of the most valuable things that I own. And so I want to be smart with my money, invest my money back into my business so that I can continue to grow my business quickly and effectively and without demanding huge amounts of my time. Because I know that you know that your time is your most valuable resource. It's the one thing you can never get back. And so I would rather be a little liberal with how I invest my money into my business and be more conservative with how I invest my time into my business because I can always make more money. But if I overwork myself trying to do everything myself just to save a few dollars here or there or even a few thousand dollars, honestly, that is going to be a more risky investment because I can never get that time back. So because of that, I pay myself far less than the average monthly profits of the business so that I can invest 
very heavily into the business. And then the other reason why I do this is because one of my personal values in life, I'm not really sure if that's exactly the right word to use here, but one of the things in life that I value the very most, that's what I mean, is security. Now, of course, different people have different values in life. Some people value adventure and risk and excitement. Some people value family and friends and community. Some people value security and safety. And, you know, we all have lots of things that we value in life. But one of the things that I really value in life is security. That's one of the things that makes me feel far less stressed, far more comfortable. It allows me to really enjoy my life without having to stress about the what ifs. And so personally, I would far rather have less income every month and get to buy fewer things but have more in the bank because having more in the bank gives me that sense of security I know that even if something goes really wrong with my business or with my life there will be money there that can keep the business running that can keep my family fed and sheltered and it really relieves a lot of my stress and helps me to not feel so much pressure to perform in the business every single month. Because as much as I love hitting big income goals and as fun as that can be, I would rather have less stress than have more money. But enough about me. The main point here is that you, who I'm assuming are a small business owner or an entrepreneur, or you're thinking about starting your own business, you're going to experience ups and downs with your income. Likely you already are. And I would highly recommend figuring out a way that you can pay yourself a consistent amount every month so that you have more stability. And also make sure that that amount you're paying yourself really is based in reality and based in facts. And it's not just a number that you feel safe taking out. It's not just a number that you want to take out, but instead you have looked at your average monthly profits for at least the last six months and you pay yourself based on a percentage of that. This episode is brought to you by Startup Society. If you run an online business or you're thinking about starting one, then Startup Society is the place for you. It's a bootcamp training program for entrepreneurs, plus an incredibly supportive membership community. If you're looking for a framework to make building an online business as simple and straightforward as possible, then that's exactly what you'll find inside Startup Society. Every month, we create a step-by-step -step action plan for our members to follow to create a specific result in their business so that they can keep moving forward and growing. Past action plans have helped our members write their websites, launch online courses, and hire their first employees. And when you become a member, not only will you get access to our future action plans, but you'll also get access to our entire library of past action plans, including the ones that I just mentioned. You'll also get business coaching directly from me during our live monthly coaching sessions. During these sessions, you can ask any business questions that you have so that you can make sure that you get the answers you need in order to be able to keep moving forward and not get stuck. As a member, you'll also be invited into our membership community where you can connect with other online entrepreneurs who are crushing it so that you can be inspired and make some lasting connections. If you're interested in becoming a member of Startup Society, then there's no time like the present to make that happen. 
To sign up, just head to gillianperkins.com slash startup society. Again, that's gillianperkins.com slash startup society. And as a listener of this podcast, I have a special offer for you. You can become a member of Startup Society for $10 off every single month. Just use code earn more when you are signing up. Again, that code is earn more, all one word, and it will give you $10 off your monthly membership costs. If you want to turn your online business into a success as quickly and as strategically as possible, then I would love to work with you to make that happen. And now let's get back to the episode. Okay, so now let's get into the expenses that we had in May. Now, again, I'm just going to give you the big picture here. In the month of May, we spent a total of $26,400, which ironically is exactly the same amount that we made in product sales. This is just a coincidence. Now, of course, the dollar amount itself isn't actually exactly the same. Product sales were actually $26,429.17, whereas expenses were $26,365.79. But they're essentially the same number, which is just a random coincidence. But uh, in contrast to the month of April, May 26,400 in April, we only spent 21,600. So our expenses jumped almost $5,000. Now, a lot of this was just random little expenses here and there, but there was one big expense that is a new expense that will have our monthly expenses consistently be a bit higher from here on out. And that is that we brought on a new team member. In the month of May, we hired a marketing assistant who we are currently paying $2,000 per month. Now, the goal with hiring this marketing assistant is to get a lot of random marketing tasks off of the plates of all the other team members. So right now, my virtual assistant, my operations manager, and I, which are really the core of our internal team, we all had these marketing tasks on our plate. Creating content, publishing content, sharing content, and this is social media, this is email newsletters, this is YouTube videos, all of these different things that we do in order to market the business. And we just realized that these tasks are, first of all, a very, very important part of running the business. I've known that for a long time, but also that they were all taking us away from our core work, the work that was really supposed to be our main focus. So for example, our main virtual assistant, she is supposed to be focused on customer service. This is primarily email, but it's also managing our products and the way the customers interact with the products and our Facebook communities and things like that. So she is supposed to be focused on customer service, which she primarily is, but she still had these other random marketing tasks like scheduling posts on social media that were pulling her away and distracting her from those most important tasks. And then my operations manager or integrator, Courtney, she's supposed to be focused on management, running things, keeping everything in line, in check and in order. And that's mostly what she does. But then she had these other marketing tasks that were again pulling her away or whipping up a quick graphic here and there. Just things that, well, she's perfectly capable of doing them. and She does a great job with them. They're distracting to her. And then me, I'm supposed to be focused on, first of all, leading the team, and second of all, creating the core content. So creating the products that we sell, creating the videos, the podcasts, and really being the teacher. So I'm supposed to be the teacher and the leader, 
which is mostly what I do. But again, I'm being distracted by these marketing tasks. So we decided to bring on this marketing manager to really help everyone be able to better focus on their true roles of responsibility to clean things up a little bit so that we could all be more focused and productive. Now, here's the thing that I want you to understand. And this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with For me, it's a higher priority to minimize stress than to maximize profit. Now, of course, I always want to be working on increasing our profits, increasing our revenue, growing the business bigger so we can help more people so that me and everyone on the team can earn more and improve our lifestyle. All that is super important, but not if it comes at the expense of stress, because if we increase our stress, then we're decreasing our quality of life, and that's counter productive. So one of my main goals with hiring this marketing manager was to decrease the working hours of everyone on the team. Now, it's not going to very significantly decrease our working hours right now. Bringing on this marketing manager might allow everyone else on the team to work one or two hours less per week each. So it's not going to be a big gain there, but it is going to help with the creep of work hours that tends to happen as the months go on and the company gets bigger and our reach on social media gets bigger, our audience gets bigger, we're serving a bigger community and we have many more customers, everyone gradually works a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And right now in Q2 of 2020, we're all working significantly more than we were working a year ago. And so I want to make sure that we are building a sustainable business for the long term, that we are not slowly running ourselves into the ground and wearing ourselves out and causing people to burn out. So I'm taking this preemptive measure now to bring someone else onto the team to mitigate that risk. This is a little bit of a tough decision because hiring this marketing manager is not going to have a direct impact on our profits in the short term. In fact, in the short term, it's going to decrease our net profits because it's definitely increasing our expenses and it's not going to be increasing our revenue or that gross profit we were talking about earlier on. So I'm going to be making less money, at least for these next few months, than I would have made otherwise. But like I said, it's about building a company that is sustainable for the long term. It's about improving our quality of life today and in the future because we want to make sure that we are building a business intentionally that really fulfills my goals as the business owner and is a positive thing in the lives of everyone who works for a company and that we can support our customers really well and provide them excellent service. And bringing this marketing manager on and taking these random responsibilities off everyone else's plates will help us to accomplish all of that. The last thing I'll mention about the marketing manager is just that while right now our biggest goal is simply to help everyone else be more focused and reduce the working hours, as I mentioned, we do have a long-term growth goal for the marketing manager as well. And that is that having one person have full responsibility for our marketing efforts will allow us to become a lot more strategic with our marketing efforts. Because right now, marketing strategy comes from me, but then it's being executed across our entire team. We're hoping that by bringing this new marketing manager on, well, marketing strategy can start with me. The marketing manager can then really help to develop that marketing strategy further and execute it a lot more effectively. 
And what this means is that long-term, not only will the marketing manager help our team to remain as healthy and as productive as possible, but she will potentially, hopefully, ideally, be able to actually expand our marketing efforts and increase our revenue and our profits. Okay, so at this point, I know we're bumping up against that 30-minute time limit that I've given myself for each of these episodes, but I don't want to end this without sharing with you the working hour numbers for this month. So this month, I worked a total of 108 and a half hours for the month. And that works out to me working on average for the first three weeks of the month, 32 hours per week, which is as it has been for the past few months, much more than I normally like to work. But fortunately, I have been really enjoying working a little bit more, being able to really focus on my work. I've found myself super productive. I've really gotten into the flow state. I've been saying to people all month long that by being in this constant state of content creation, I really feel like I've managed to throw off all forms of writer's block. And when I say all forms of writer's block, I mean the sort of writer's block that you get when you try to write, but also when you try to record a podcast episode or you try to record a video, just that resistance that you feel when you try to create content, but it's hard. And just by continually creating content, I found that the more I create, the more I create and the more easily I create and the better I create. And so I've really enjoyed being in that flow state all month, but it still is more than I would prefer to work typically, primarily for the sake of me having a balanced lifestyle and being able to spend plenty of time with my kids and also time working out and things like that. Now, as it happened, this extra work ended up fitting in very nicely and very easily um, because of that situation we're all in right now called uh, coronavirus. And so I'm not able to go to the gym and my kids aren't going to any of their activities. So we've all got a lot more time on our hands. And so I was able to spend the same amount of time with them that I normally spend with them. And I've just been using this extra time to do more work to get ready for maternity leave. So the timing there worked out very nicely, um, although... Obviously, everything else about this situation is not very nice, but I'm at least thankful that those two things coincided. So with that being said, those first three weeks, I worked an average of 32 hours per week. But when we average it out over the entire month, including the last week when I only worked one day, I ended up working an average of 26 hours per week for that entire month. But basically, I just worked 32 hours a week for the first three weeks, and then I didn't work at all in the last week. Okay, the final thing that I wanted to share with you in this episode was how much my team worked this month. And the reason it's particularly relevant this month and will be for the next few months is because there's this question, which is, if Gillian isn't working, is her team working double time? Is her team making up for the hours she's working or are they working the same amount they normally work? Just what's going on there? So I thought I'd mention it this month and we can kind of look at the last few months to give us some context, some perspective, and then we'll continue to look at this for the next few months when I won't be working essentially at all. So in the month of May, my team, excluding me, worked 272 hours, which works out to an average of 65 hours per week. So who is doing this work is primarily my internal team, which is my operations manager, my virtual assistant, and now our new marketing manager. We've also got one video editor on our internal team um, who clocks his hours this way as well. And I just want to mention that this is excluding what I would call our external team, which is other companies that we subcontract work out to that are 
more of an agency model. So for example, the company that produces this podcast, yellowhouse.media, they're a podcast production agency, and they don't clock their hours with us because they're not on our internal team. Now, I'll be the first to admit that the line between the internal team and the external team is a little bit vague, a little bit random. There's not a clear difference between the two, but the clear difference that I see in my mind is that the internal team is running my business, whereas the external team is just helping us to create assets that we then use internally. Like I said, it's a little bit vague, but we've got people in the business who clock their hours with us, and then we've got other people who get their work done however they want, and we have no idea exactly how much they work. Um, that's really completely up to them. But because I don't know how much they work, I can't report to you how much of those people work, but I can share with you how much the internal team works and the internal team being those people who actually run the business, who sell the products, who support the customers and do all those things that are truly necessary for the running of the business. So like I said, those people, those three people plus the video editor who doesn't work very many hours each month, um, they worked an average of 65 hours, which is essentially 20 hours per person. Now it's not divided up quite like that and maybe we'll look more at how this workload is divided in future months. But for now, I just wanna give you context for the past couple months here. So month of May, 272 hours compared to the month of April, 237 hours. So they were working a little bit more, probably primarily due to us bringing on that marketing manager. So having another person working. Then in the month of March, 189 hours, so significantly less. And going back to the month of February, 207 hours. Month of January, 120 hours. So what I'm seeing here as I'm looking through these numbers myself is that they're a little bit all over the place. As I'm clicking back through previous months, I see that it was normally closer to 100 hours. So there are two main things that I would attribute this to. The first one and really the main one is the fact that over these past three or four months, we've been preparing for me to go on maternity leave. And this has meant a lot more work from everyone, not just because they were doing extra work so that I won't have to work on maternity leave, but rather because while I'm on maternity leave, there are a lot of projects that are not going to be able to continue to progress. We aren't going to be making any new products. We're not going to be launching any new marketing campaigns. We're not going to be producing new videos. There are all sorts of things that are going to be put on pause. And that really just comes with the territory with running a personal brand. And personally, at least at this point in my life, I'm completely all right with that. But that's really a discussion for a different day. The point is that because none of those things will be happening, we were trying to get as much of those things done as possible before I left on maternity leave. So what I'm expecting to happen is actually for the entire team to be working less than they have been lately while I'm on maternity leave because they're just going to be running the business as is. They're not going to be launching any new initiatives or starting many new projects. Now, there are a few things that we've mapped out for them to take care of. Um, so they will be working more than perhaps the most minimal amount that they could to keep the business running. But... They've been working a lot extra lately just because they can, the work has been here, and I wanted to you know, show up and get as much done as I could before I stepped out of the office. 
So for the sake of context, I would say that prior to starting to prep for maternity leave, they were working an average of around 150 hours per month altogether. On a, a regular month when we didn't have any sort of launch going on, they would work around 100 hours. And then on a month when we had a lot more going on, they might work as much as 200. But then during these past few months in prepping for maternity leave, it's kind of been like we've been launching a new product, starting new marketing campaigns every single month. And so they've worked an average of a little over 200 hours per month. So I'm personally really curious to see what happens with their working hours over these next few months, because while I'm not planning to have any more babies in the near future, I definitely am planning to take some vacations here and there and have other people on the team take vacations as well. And this maternity leave is the first big vacation that I'm taking with the team at the size that it is right now. And so I just am curious and interested to see exactly what happens with the rest of the team and how much they have to work or how little they have to work to keep things easily running. Okay, so that is pretty much it for this episode. The last thing I will mention is just to be sure to tune in to the income reports that come out over these next few months because it is going to be so interesting to see how much money the business is able to make with me completely out of the office, to see how much my team works with me out of the office, see how much they get done, and yeah, just see what happens. I'm really excited. I'm curious to find out what happens, and I can't wait to share those things with you. So I'm going to continue to release these income reports every single month. It's pretty much the only work that I'm going to be doing all summer. So if you want to hear those income reports as well, then make sure you do subscribe. The income reports should be coming out on roughly the first Monday of each month. However, sometimes when the first Monday is too close to the beginning of the month, we don't have time to record and produce the episode uh, once the month's income reports come out. So for example, if the month is ending on a Friday, then I we don't have time to produce the entire episode over the weekend and release it on Monday. So sometimes the episodes come out a week later than the first Monday of the month. But anyway, all that to say, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast in whatever app you listen to podcasts in so that you don't miss those episodes. That's all for now, but I'll be back next week with another pre-recorded episode next week and another live income report next month. So I'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do that, make sure to tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so that I can see that you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so that they can learn how to work less, earn more, and take back their lives. And when you share, I want to add it to my stories so that you can get some exposure that way as well. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave it a review to give the show a boost. Every single week, I feature a review on the podcast and I would love to give you and your business a shout out. So if you leave a review, it will help the show, but it can also help your business as well. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Ghislaine Perkins and until next week, stay focused and take action. Take action.